Greetings and welcome to the Asian American and Asian Research Institute's Friday Lecture Series online edition. I'm Anthony Wong, Program Coordinator of the Institute. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight for our talk by Professor Kiming Liu on her recently published book, Twilight, a Contemporary Pastoral Poet of China. Uh, on the, it's a Chinese to English translation of the poetry of Zhang Liang, who's actually joining us uh, right now, 5.30 a.m. in China. Kiming Liu is Professor of Linguistics and Literature and former Chairperson of English of uh, Megas Everest College, uh, part of the City University of New York, an internationally recognized translator and scholar. Uh, Dr. Liu's anthology, Voices of the Fourth Generation, China's Poets Today, uh, is a required text for Asian literature courses in Asia and the United Kingdom. Uh, tonight's talk is actually Professor Liu's fourth talk for the Asian American and Asian Research Institute. She has previously spoken on topics of missing voices, unexplored synergies in the dissident poetry of China's fourth generation, off the wall, critiquing a controversial new study of creativity and language, and passing a thematic approach to literary analysis. And all of these past talks are available on our website or YouTube channel, and you can view those uh, after this talk and over the weekend. Uh, please welcome Professor Ming Liu. Anthony, thank you so much for your introduction. Um, as always, Ari Asian and Asian American um, Research Institute has always been a very strong supporter of Asian faculties scholarship. I'm very, very proud to be here today. Day, uh, to present my new book, and um, some of you may already have a copy of the book, and I have invited the very poet, Mr. Zhang Lian, to join us today, and he will read his poems in Chinese as we move along. Um, Zhang Lian, do you want to say, uh, Zhang Lian, you want to say, Uh, so what I would like to do first is uh, to thank Ari for its uh, staunch support of my work ever since I began my um, tenure at CUNY. At the time was Dr. Tom Tan. Uh, I would like to thank him and, and thank Ari and Anthony Wong's hard work in all these past years. Um, Allow me to share my screen. Twilight. Before I enter my talk today about this book, which is a collection of a hundred Chinese poems written by Zhang Lian in the Chinese language, which I translated into English. Zhang Lian has written over 3,000 poems on this topic. Twilight, and I'd first like to give you a, an introduction to the history of his writing. Zhang Lian is actually considered a dilettante farmer. He still is a farmer, although that's not his profession anymore. He's a professional writer right now, but he started as a poor potato farmer who herded sheep, and planted sunflower seeds. Zhang Lian lives in this region of China, to give you a little 
sense of where uh, we are in China. Those of China perhaps are familiar with the Chinese topography. Over here, which is the beginning of the Silk Road in the old days, and it is quite, um, I would say, arid land um, because of long uh, history of deforestation. Zhangnian <laughs> from Ningxia. Ningxia is a, um, uh, you know, up north near Mongolia, actually where Zhangnian is, is you stand on the city wall, you can see Mongolia right across the wall. It's that close. So this is a very, very poor region of China. So growing up as one of the four children uh, in his family, he was the only one who loves to read. But the family is so poor, he couldn't go to advance degrees. He was in middle school. He had to walk a mile to get to school and a mile back, back every day to achieve his high school diploma, after which he became a teacher. But during all of all this time, he also helping his father to take care of the family stocks. Now here is the uh, uh, a more kind of intimate picture of the region and Ordos. Ordos is the, the desert in China, which is bordering Mongolia and the, and, uh, Zhangnian is right from this region. And you can imagine that the land is not really, uh, fertile and, uh, the rainfall each year annual rainfall is less than an inch sometimes. So they have to fetch water from far away. That's the uh, geographical location of where the poet comes from and who he is. So as a farmer, John Ann um, would daydream back from his sheep herding. Before I go into depth about his life. I just want to introduce you to my journey and how I came upon um, Johnny and his poetry. I was, of course, always doing research, came upon uh, a, an article about poets from rural China, from cities. Um, and Johnny stood out. And I'll so that's one of the today uh, in this uh, book talk is the why John Lian, why uh, this collection. So in 2018, I went to China and I'm showing you this picture I took. And this is my sleeper train. To, it's really very comfortable. Uh, you get on the train at night in the morning. You get shaken up by the conductor and you get off. You're there. So to, uh, it took the entire night to get to Dominion's place. And this is the road as we drive into his village. This is the road to the village. And it ends abruptly. You can see there's no more road. And it's just 
grassland. And that's where the, the Zhangnes village still exists today. And this is the village Xiaoyanggou, which means little sunny ditch. And to that now, Zhangnian is a farmer, herder, as well as a, an amateur photographer. And he loves to take pictures. He loves to dabble uh, with words. And, uh, and that's how he collected over 3,000 poems on twilight. Because when he leaves home, it's early in the day. When he comes back home, it's in the evening, around this time uh, of the day. As he comes home, he sees the changing lights in the sky, and he would just record the moments, his emotions, his feelings. In um, um, guess what? He didn't have money to buy. Uh, I'm sorry, I fast forwarded to let's see previous. He didn't have money to buy paper, so he would write and note his lines on newspaper or student paper. You know. Essay papers. Now, this is one of the poems that he's going to read that he composed in 2001. Now, Zhang Lian, you have the first, uh, Zhang Lian, you, you have no water in the mud, in the mud. You need to read this song. So I'm asking Zhang Lian to read this poem, Fetching Water in Twilight, to give you a sense of what uh, was um, what he was dreaming about as he was uh, coming, uh, you know, working in the, in the yard or herding his sheep. I'm going to read in Chinese, and you have the English translation in front of you. Okay, Zhang Lian, go ahead. Uh, Zhang Lian, in Kashiba. 这是取水在暮色里对对对在这本集子的三十八页我现在开始给大家读一下啊取水在暮色里取水在暮色叫中取水倒进厨房缸中在这样的冲日寂静里我忙于经营经营一种感情经营前的变化让钱变成物让钱从物中变了让我花言巧语自动心机面对芸芸众生经营我的感让人们买去买去吧那是钱的虚声买虚声里那是你们生活的需要吗让我在生命街能站多久就站多久看那西天里的瞎色暗的深沉看那哦对在褐黄褐红里衬着极蓝的天空鸭儿又从头顶飞过去归去吧最小声的一步谢谢 Thank you,谢谢 um, So I would like to backtrack into the um, I guess the the message behind the poem. As you can see in English, you can ask some questions. Zhang Lian grew up in this area that I showed you earlier uh, without ever stepping further away from the village. So it was not until 
he was 25 years of age, did he go into a big city um, just before the new year? His father took him and his two brothers um, to the city. It was a long way away, about 140-something kilometers, and, and you can translate that into miles. Uh, away from from his home, when he arrived at the city, is huge, humongous. Chinese cities are now um, just like American big cities, uh, except there's more people as well and, and traffic. He was so intimidated by the mad dash of crowds and people going to shopping malls and. And, and this is what, you know, how he felt at that moment when he was in the city. Getting back home, he noted these lines. He is looking at all these uh, material, you know, listic China that, uh, that the cities has, have become. So this is one of the poems he recorded, which has less, of course, To do with the color of the light, uh, the light in the in the sky, but his feelings. So going back to earlier, where I said why I chose Zhang Nian instead of there are other poet, uh, pastoral poets or farmer poets in China. Number one, um, he is not just recording reality. This one is a little bit. Uh, with some metaphors in there. Zhang Nian also is a ferocious re reader. He reads Western literature, whatever he can grab. Later on, I'm going to show you some of his poems uh, based on his um, impressions and uh, understandings of or and inspiration from Western uh, or poetry or essays. All right, so now, Little Sunny Ditch. This is where, uh, this is, these are pictures I took. And we took Johnny and his friends. Originally, this uh, place was called Little Shady Ditch, Xiao um, Yingo. And then, um, drought, no rain, and crops are not, you know, doing well. And the villagers said, well, you know, we better change the name Shady into something as better for good luck. So the name was then changed from Shady to Sunny. So now this place is called Little Sunny Ditch, although ditches never get to see the daylight. Um, when I came to visit, uh, this is his brother-in-law, and we were just Rolling through the dry land, you can see the lowest kind of uh, soil, very loose, uh, kind of sandy deposits from wind blowing from the desert. And um, really, truly, it's not a place where you can get much growing. And this is his yard, and that's where his modern day uh, house uh, looks like. And and I'll show you where he grew up. Zhang Nian grew up in caves. 
in the next 70s and 80s. Can you imagine? Those of you who either grew up in the United States or who grew up in China much later, or even during the same time as I did, I did not know people were this poor and living in this conditions. And yet the power of words kept him going, sustained his, his sanity. And that is the key um, drive to my wanting to bring Johnny um, to the West, Western readers. And this is his father, whom I met. And he, you know, this is the day tree. Uh, he plants some onions and foliage uh, vegetables going. And he is one of only seven octogenarians living in this village. All the young people left, bailed out into the city. And he is one of very few left. You can see this is the stumps of the brick wall and the remnants of, and, and this is his onion uh, plants that whatever can grow. And uh, this is the well where where you literally go deep into it, and now it's dry to get water, and that's how they survive. Um, in the, you can see very few families around this entire village now. I'm just uh, sharing these images, and then going back to another reason why I wanted to translate his poems and bring them into the West is that in this region, due to the uh, poverty and uh, the conditions, living conditions, basically there's no way to survive as a farmer. So what the country did, the government, Chinese government did, is to, uh, I guess, administer this, what they call the five-year plan. It's called the ecological migration. Shengtai, meaning Shengtai has to do with ecology, environment, and uh, to uh, provide, I guess, the, the peasants, the farmers, some better conditions. The government moved them thousands of miles away. This is just a rough figure of the plan, how many men. Uh, villages, how many administrative centers, and how many little villages here. This is, I guess, township, and this is village that government planned to move away from this region. And uh, here is a detailed picture of Yanshi is where Zhangyan came from, and that's right at the mouth of the Ordos um, Desert. And these Three places are considered the worst, the most poverty-stricken uh, areas for people to live. And, uh, and this is a picture of the, the village that the government some thousands of miles away. And this is the end of a journey and where they're moving their furniture, their whatever belongings they have into their new home. 
um, and which I dubbed as the new Levittown of in China. Now, to just uh, to see a comparison, this is where they used to be the house and where these farmers depended on the land and on their sheep, donkey or whatever um, they have for, for living. Yes, perhaps um, when you move them to a place where the government feel, number one, you have electricity, you have water, and uh, so your life would be better. But just imagine people who grew up knowing only land, just like Zhang Nian, who knew his sheep, his donkey, his land, his plants, his sunflowers. When he got into the city, he was totally devastated. Um, so they are being transplanted. Like a tree, you take the root from under you and ship you some thousands of miles away. Now, there is an article um, in the New York Times by Edward Wong. Um, I can share that. I have this link, but I'm going to share it in chat so you can read that article to get a sense of the, the devastation of this migration, forced migration. Now here's the what I call the new version of Levittown. And those for those of you who do not know this, it's in Long Island. Uh, it was built, I guess, after the war for um, soldiers to settle and it's little neat houses uh, very close to, and and that's what we have in China, um, built for these uh, farmers. Now here's Miss Ma. This is a, her house. It's slated for demolition, and Miss Ma said it was just devastated. You know, as poor as they may be, as, uh, you know, uh, no electricity, no water, they have to walk miles, but it's your home and, and just think how hard it is. Now we have all the hurricanes going on in Puerto Rico, in uh, Florida. So when your home is destroyed, there's that tremendous sense of loss. So this is a, uh, um, you know, some is a dilemma. I'm not make passing judgment here. I'm just presenting you Zhang Lian's poem because this topography is now gone, disappears. They disappeared from the face of earth. And but his poetry recorded that those moments and the beauty of the land which predate the demolition. Uh, okay, but let's see. Next one. So this poem is written by a different poet, and and it records how he felt when he had to sign the paper and uh, and leave his birthplace. I'm going to read this poem because it's not written by Zhang Lian. Um, it's written by a different poet, farmer poet. I, I'll read it in Chinese as well. Zhang 
，村庄被整体的拆迁拆迁了。我替母亲签下同意的时候，我正合谋灭了我的村我已经把村庄出卖了，我出卖了我的童年，出卖了一棵树的生长，我出卖了隐藏在老屋里的那些秘密。老强在催促金的前就活得像一张纸，我的出生被连根拔起，那些搬到屋外的老家具。一遇到阳光就朽掉，大卸八块的老屋，尸骨无存的散落，我和他们再也找不到。我抱紧父亲的遗像，犹如父亲抱紧了我，在这空旷的地皮上，再也没有人喊我回家。Here's a Johnny in Little Sunny Ditch. Every time I read these poems, I get goosebumps. I have tears in my eyes to think, especially for those who are, of you who are attending today's talk. If you were born in a different place, and yes, despite toys, you came to this country. I'm sure there are moments in your life when you still feel you don't belong. Your root, your roots are somewhere else, and、uh, so just imagine that at least your roots probably still exist wherever you're from. But here, these farmers, they they can't get back anymore. There's no, it's erased. There's nothing left、uh, for them to go back to.、Um, in of course, if you know in China. When you're a farmer, you have a plot of land. You live in the, you know, the countryside. And when your elders pass away, which is way of life, you have your plot cemetery right by your own home. All of that gone.、Um, so just think of those emotions. And I wanted to report that. Uh, through John Ann's poem, this is John Ann's home、um, now, and it's still standing.、Um, it's through. This is the some of the. If you read uh, uh, the poems in the book, you will see one of the, and also in the introduction, I talked about the gate, and、uh, there's no obvious gate, but this is the opening. And this is the kitchen and garage, and this is the、uh, bedroom now. And it was way in the late, I would say, close to 1990s when they built this. And you'll see how he lived when he was a little boy. So through this gate, he would watch the sky, and and they had no watch,、uh, no clock. So he judges the day and the hour and the minutes by the light in the sky, and he recorded all those moments in his three thousand poems. Here's a picture of the gate. This is the garage and the yard. 
And this is a long shot of the structure. This is where he used to live. This is in the 70s and well into the end of the 80s. I came down a slope, opened this door, entered, and this is uh, perhaps, uh, uh, this is what, Zhang Okay, so Jarmin, that this, this was the bedroom for the children, and then there's further down the cave, there is another little, you know, you know, you just dig in and uh, his parents, and then there's a kitchen somewhere. So that's how, how they grew up, and that's what, talking about poverty, and this is dirt poor, and I think that's probably where it came from, that expression. All right. Um, so in 2000-2001, there was a severe drought in Zhang Lian's village, um, and Zhang Lian's didn't have any crops uh, and no harvest, uh, hardly any meat and no money. So he decided to go into the nearest market uh, to sell the only possession that he thinks of some uh, value, which is a piece of uh, sheepskin. Um, you know, the, the, what do you call it? Right here, here, I'm going to show you. I bought this. This is not, <laughs> this is Tanyang, delicious meat. So he had a piece of the, uh, the material, the fabric, which he used. It's very, it's natural and, uh, fleece and, and, but that's the only piece of, uh, of thing that is of some value. That's according to him. So he walked to the market, spent a whole day standing there, shivering in cold, trying to sell this to get some money so he can buy some candy for his children. Then the piece didn't sell because modern people don't buy things and make their own, um, you know, clothing or their coat. They know but they bought it. Now, Zhang Lian, Zhang Lian, you来读一下这首诗，我提着我的皮走，冻在大街上。哦，好的，好的，嗯，那我现在开始啊，我提着我的皮走在大街上，我提着我的皮走动，生于风闻，走进繁华的商场，我提着我的皮走动，却无力张望整个世界，我在这富有的人群中走动。带着一颗干瘪的皮，我不能停下来张望，我活着谢谢。只因我没有脚凳，也就无处歇足。我提着我的皮走动，无心廉价地出售自己的灵。可是啊，一辆车内塞满了富有的微笑，塞满了华丽
，也要落地。谢谢，谢谢您。啊，谢谢。Now I would like to show you some of the、uh, early poems composed. You can see the date, 2001,、um, when he was daydreaming and writing. He didn't have paper, no money to buy paper. 2001, he was using this is what、uh, some kind of a magazine pages or.、Um, Uh, this is some, perhaps a newspaper, and、uh, and that's how he recorded all his thoughts and emotion. Right here, no computer. He was hand handwriting, and、uh, yet he produced the most haunting lines and sun. That's all his poems, fourteen lines, and there are also moments when he uses dry leaves to to keep a journal. You know, when we talk about writing in our diary, and he was writing in these dry on、um, these dry leaves, and、uh, he saved them. I should have asked him for one,、um, but I took some pictures. All right. So now I'm going to ask Damian to please read.、Uh, let's see which one is.、Oh. So now I would like to present you. Can you see the live transfer? Okay. Maybe I can.、Uh, I'd like to share his poems, not only of those that reflect his, you know, inner feelings of. Poverty and desperation, and、uh, and his feelings about people who are materialistic in today's China. I would also like to share with you his、um, sense of kind of、uh, thinking. He he has he reads poetry from the West. He reads philosophy,、um, you know, from the West. Here is a poem about Zhang Lian reflecting on his, I guess,、uh, his life, who he is. So Zhang Lian, 您来读一下这首。好的，好的啊。是可以吗？我是谁？嗯，对对对，好的好的，我现在开始。嗯。我是谁？我向西天奔去。大声哭泣，天是我的父亲，地是我的母亲，我为何而生？我是谁？我向西天奔去，追逐着冬日里的淡淡霞光。大声哭泣，我是谁？天是我的父亲，地是我的母亲，我为何而生？暮色降临。在天和地的缺口处，我是谁？我是谁呀？万物俱静。谢谢。谢谢您。啊、哦，谢谢。So, so as a poet, Zhang Lian, a farmer poet, I call him. Zhang Lian doesn't limit himself to just information. 
information from his surroundings. He draws inspiration from Western literature, as I earlier mentioned. He, re he reads profusely uh, to quench his thirst. Uh, he would go to local libraries to borrow books and uh, to search. And of course, now you have the internet is more, uh, I guess, handy in a way. So he, he goes outside of his limit to seek stimulus. One of the poems that wrote, let's see, pass forward to the next one, The Hunchback. Now, many of you perhaps knows uh, Victor Hugo's The Hunchback, that film and the, the novel, but this hunchback really yeah, alludes to not to Victor Hugo, but to um, Baudelaire's um, poem that he once wrote. Let me see if he, uh, yeah, it was titled Chacun Sashimere. And the English is to each his own chimera. And uh, when he was, I, let me just quote the lines from Baudelaire's poem, uh, which would uh, give you a sense of how he um, received the inspiration to write this one, this poem of his own. Baudelaire, in his uh, poem, uh, goes, these grave and weary faces showed no evidence of despair. Beneath the splenetic dome of the sky, their feet charging through the dust of an earth as desolate as this sky. They journeyed onwards with the resigned faces of men condemned to hope forever. Here, the farmers, born, raised in this land, poor, without much resources, yet they are there. They are making a living. They are happy because they have that inner strength, that resigned kind of desire to live. And Zhang Lian, you like to share this quarter-pay-the-land, okay? Okay, 一摸淡红移动移动着宁静移动着几个驼背的人谢谢谢谢移动着几个驼背的 few hunchbacked men think of the peasants weighed down by their crop over their shoulders and also the years and years of hard labor um, so think of that image um, that is brought to life in, uh, by John Lance poetry. Here, I would like to, I guess, um, 
to bring some color and some cheerfulness to this um, presentation. Uh, it's not all about the, you know, poverty and as Baudelaire and um, Johnny's poem attest to the fact that yes, they may be living in such dire conditions. Um, however, their inner strength is there. Um, they see beauty in, in, in life. They see beauty in their environment. Um, and I was, you know, in my book, actually, those who have my book, book, um, and I, on page, uh, 26, on page 26, I, um, Refer to the Harvard professor, um, Italian, of Italian, uh, descent, uh, Poggioli, Professor Poggioli, who, uh, talked about, uh, how farmer poetry, poets, um, how do they celebrate their, that, uh, blessings of that idleness? You know, of course, idleness is a, a quote, quote, unquote, they're never idle, um, but it's a life that is in touch with earth, away from the madding crowds, away from city stress. And here is a patch of falling color by John Lian, celebrating our environment, our, the beauty of color, and, uh, so Johnny,那里有一片落霞,你来读这个。好的,好的,啊。那里有一片落霞。一定知道,三十九号庄处,那里有一片落霞。你曾为了走进这片卷烂,一定会走去。沿着通过你村子的公路, 让村外走去，那就是傍晚。三十九号庄处，那片好大好大的泉水池塘，紫红紫红的一朵朵，直沉的一片的傍晚。谢谢。谢谢您。嗯，下面一首诗就是那个《白日的围里》。您读这下这是最后一一首诗我现在呃供献给我们的听众嗯好的好的好的嗯那我现在可以读嗯好的好的嗯哼白日的围里在每个白日的围里一个乡间闲着在中天里看西天下傍晚走来春夏秋冬在每个白日的围里从落日的淡白农园处伴着不同的暗淡寂静的光彩在宁静原始的村街上消除消融在无尽的虚空里成为一粒暮色在每个白日的围里谢谢all right. Uh, so I conclude my part of, of the discussion of the um, the collection of this translation.
Um, I'm going to entertain some questions. Yeah. Uh, we have one question from a Tao Li who asks, has uh, Zhang Liang's poetry been in Chinese been published? In yes, it is, uh, has been published. Zhang Liang, you have that uh, Chinese uh, in your hand? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, thank you. Um, uh, it was the question earlier was from uh, from who? Uh, uh, Tao Li. Tao Li. Uh, Li Tao. Uh, yes, it has been published. Uh, it was selected as one of the top ten poets in China after the uh, publication. So he's looking, Zhang Yan is looking for the uh, for the original Chinese version of the book. I have it too, but it's on my bookshelf. Uh, okay, so I have uh, disabled. So Andrew Wu says uh, her chat. Oh, she loves the poems. <laughs> she loves the poems. Okay, yeah, any questions? Yeah. I mean, uh, for his collection of poems that he has already published, uh, is it like small volumes altogether, and then you've put them all together into Twilight? No, it's a book of uh, a whole, it's uh, a Twilight. It's Twilight. And then I only selected a hundred poems ah, okay. from this. Um, one is, you know, the sheer number of time to translate. Yeah, there, there he's showing. What Western poets can you compare Zhang Liang to in that pastoral tradition? And how does he relate to the Tang and Song dynasty pastoral tradition? Okay. All right. Very good question. Um, uh, one that we know that during the Tang and the Song dynasty, there are also poets, who, you know, the known poets, Li Bai, uh, Du Fu, Bai Ji Yi, they all wrote about rural uh, conditions and life, but they, none of them, um, was a real farmer. So here we have someone who is a real farmer. He still tilts his land. And although he writes most of the time, um, because he's now recognized poet in China. So in China, there are the, what I think, uh, if you look at the, uh, those who have my book, um, you look at the uh, introduction where I, uh, um, referred to, alluded to William Emerson, uh, uh, a literary critic, who wrote a book, Some Versions of the Pastoral, in which he discussed also that a lot of the pastoral poet, poets in, in China and in the West, they were not farmers. They wrote about the farmer, about their life, from outside in. But here, John Lian, the difference Between them and Johnny is Johnny and Rhodes from within. He is a farmer. I hope that answers the question. 
Okay, and then uh, the following question is uh, for you, Professor Liu. Uh, from your perspective, what are the values that uh, Liang's poems may bring to English-speaking world's audience? Uh, I think if you read the poems yourself, uh, you might get a fuller picture of China. And I, in my, my presentation just now, I showed you the, the changing face, topography, land, changing face of China. Um, what we in the West uh, see is what we see on TV. We hear, we read in the paper. Um, so these uh, pictures, images represent only a very small fraction of China, but the majority of the Chinese are still in in touch with land, although the land may, never, may not be there anymore. So I think the value of that uh, for the Western uh, readers is to see through the lines of the poem, to see the how the conditions of the farmers' uh, lives and their uh, their living conditions and how they, because uh, I I also mentioned how poor Zhang Yang was in the 80s. And, and uh, I don't think we can imagine that um, in the 80s, a, let's say, you know, well into the early 90s, there are people who are living in caves in China. What you know is Shanghai and Beijing, glitzy buildings, right? So I think that's the value of bringing these lines to Western media. Hopefully, people will get a sense of China really is. Uh, in general. Sure. And then our next question is for Zhang Liang. Uh, what made him choose to be a poet? Maybe it just translate the question for him. <laughs> okay. Uh, did did Zhang Liang choose to become a poem? Well, a poet? What, made him, what made him choose to be a poet? Oh, let me translate it into Chinese. Zhang Liang, you're a... Hmm. Shamala 同样也是为了改变自己命运或者我自此生的价值在什么地方我自是此生的价值在什么地方我自是此生的价值在什么地方我自是此生的价值在什么地方我自是此生的价值在什么地方我自是此生的价值在什么地方我自是此生的价值在
somewhere, somewhere in cloud nine, always, because he's always daydreaming. And um, so it's a natural information in a way. And uh, he found uh, peace in reading and pleasure in reading and writing. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> I hope so, too. Now, uh, William Sit asks, uh, are the published poems available in the U.S. in book form or the Internet? Now, I'm not too sure if they're referring to the English. Now, English, yes. Uh, Twilight is available for purchase. It was released last month. Uh, if you go to Professor Liu's talk page, you'll see mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Publisher's website and mm -hmm. the various uh, bookstores that you could buy it from. Available for $20. Uh, William clarifies that uh, they're asking about the Chinese version of the poems. Are they available for purchase here in bookstores? I don't think the United States um, has it, but if anyone is interested in buying the Chinese uh, original you know, volume, I can certainly make arrangements and people can email me and uh, and we can definitely get that once we can travel to Thailand. <laughs> that is. Yeah. So so after this talk I'll share uh, everybody yeah. contacts with Professor Liu and she'll you know reach out to all of you and you know you, you just get back to her yeah. or to, you want to purchase a copy. And and once everything gets back to normal maybe we can even through uh, Anthony's uh, Ari organization we can do a, a tour in China. Yeah, I am dying. I need to go back there. I loved it when I went to visit. I only spent one day. I was in between my meetings. Uh, I love the place. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, just to clarify to folks, uh, Twilight does feature the Chinese version of the poem too, right? And yes. Yeah. It's uh, so, yeah, English and Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, slightly. Oh, yeah. So, so you'll have the, right the 100, yeah, 100 of these particular poems, and yeah. if you want to find the other 2,900, please contact yeah. Professor Liu, and uh, you know she'll uh, put you in, you know, find some way to get you a copy. Yeah. Now, uh, Zhang Liang has hopped off. Oh, let's, let's hope he signs back on. But uh -huh. if, uh, folks happen to still have any other questions for Professor Liu, please uh, raise your hand or uh, type it into the Q&A box. Now, um, how long did the translation process for you take? Well, uh, I started back in, I would say, early 2018 um, when I first uh, came across his, um, you know, some some articles about Johnny and about other farmer poets. And then, because I had done one other book, uh, as you mentioned earlier in the introduction, the fourth generation voices of this generation. So I, you know, when I came upon this, uh, um, this group of poets, I thought interesting. So I asked a friend of mine, classmate from, from college, who works for the government. I said, look, this is a living poet. And uh, can you kind of track him down? Get me his contact, you know, with the internet, with WeChat. 
it's so convenient. So I said, track him down. I'd like to talk to him. I'd like to see if I could, you know, translate his poetry because they were so haunting, some of the poems when I first encountered them. And of course, within 24 hours, I would say, at night, I, you know, during the day, and then the following morning when I got up and I already got Johnny's contact. So we got in touch. And then 20, uh, April 2018, I went to visit him. And um, she took the, the pictures I took were all from 2018. So 2018, which, you know, got the kickstart and uh, then I got his book and all the poems started to first get to know the poet and uh, really learn about the person first before you can you know understand fully I believe and that's the beauty of a living poet living author you can interview him you can ask him questions where he grew up, how his life was. So I was able to really get into his poetry uh, kind of in a, on a much deeper level than just reading the lines. Um, so that's 2018, 20, you know, now 2019. So I, but during this time, I started translating some poems and uh, I actually translated more than 100. Uh, but some sometimes you've got to ask the poet, yeah, uh, what did I really interpret correct? So that took a lot of back and forth. And I have all my notes, or we chat uh, notes and everything. And in the book, uh, there are also footnotes that if you have a copy of the book, and the footnotes explains certain you know, moments of the, the process. Then... During the pandemic, I was still working on finalizing the versions. So I had the translation, maybe all of them took a, a couple of years, back and forth, back and forth. And in between, I also tried to apply for grants because it involves field research and, and all of this. And... Um, I think two years, within two years, kind of, I have a sense of how the book is going. And then we were, I was working with the publisher and uh, pandemic kind of took us off one year. So there was one year that, so you're saying 2019, 2020, and then you have to work with the designer. It took, I would say easily three to four years. Uh, for the the prep time is longer than the actual work. Once you, you know, it's like writing. Uh, you know, I I I'm a professor. I teach students. You don't sit down and think that you can knock out a good essay. It takes many many uh, drafts, and this is certainly the the previous. A couple of years is all this draft. I have stacks and stacks of paper with my notes, with my translation discarded, scratched and revised, and all of that. 
Um, so that's, uh, it's a very, 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 uh, rewarding experience. So it took from 2018 to now. And this past summer, uh, before the book came out was very intense. The final moments, uh, it's like when you're taking a marathon, the last like hundred meters is the hardest. Um, so I was working with a publisher, with the designer, and then we knocked it out. That's so it. Uh, now, was there one particular poem that you recall that really uh, was difficult to translate to the nuance, you know, the English word just couldn't really describe what, you know, he was you know, talking about in Chinese that uh, you sort of want to share? Oh, yes. Uh, many, many of those poems. Zhang Lian. 他们在问一个就是说有的地方就是呃用我翻译中文翻译英文就是找不到找不到那个词呃就是把能够把那就是您觉得我们在这几年当中的交流当中嗯你有没有一个什么呃例子可以给一个就是我们两个之间的交流 然后我说是这样的，你说是那样，或者是您的那个呃，你要把自己的那声音打开，呃，话筒打开，您的话筒没有，对，OK，嗯，啊，您刚才提出问题啊，实际上咱们在这，哎呀，应该现在是六年时间
Uh, I think those who are uh, familiar with, I guess, language issues, how your native language, uh, it's like food, right? How that smell triggers all the memories and the, the feelings and emotions. How one word, uh, it's just in, in English, let's say Chinese, English doesn't have equivalent to, to, to describe that. Um, so he uses his vernacular uh, to describe those emotions and feelings. And those are the moments where it's not easy to translate. So I had to really go at it and, and see what is the best way. And, and the, you know, I have the fortune to have Johnny and to ask uh, now, you know, when you query him, when you interrogate him, then you get, ah, that's what he was thinking, feeling. Then I find, hopefully, I, I was able to find the right words to translate. And um, so that's yeah. that's about you know the, the linguistic side of the process. Now, um, William has a follow-up question. Are uh, Zhang Lian's poems translated into other languages, uh, or are, have they been translated from your English version? Uh, very good question, uh, William. Uh, his poetry, only a very few, were once translated into Japanese. Maybe a couple, not in the volume. This is the only one. Uh, uh, that is in his poems in translation uh, outside of China. Um, so hopefully, whoever is interested, I would be very happy to, to offer my free help to translate this into a third language. That would be wonderful. Uh, Wei Gang Chu asks, does Mr. Zhang write poems in the Chinese classic style at all? Does he? He... Um, um, he doesn't write precisely following the Tang and Song, you know, you have the Qi Qi uh, I think Lu Shi. I don't know if you understand your Chinese, but I don't think you understand you speak that. <laughs> Those uh, Tang Dynasty you have Lu Shi Jiu for uh five character four line poetry. He doesn't follow precise uh uh, you know, the meters or rhythms. Um, however, you know, you can, I guess his poetry is free verse. Yeah, free verse, but he makes allusions to Tang and Song poetry in terms of word selection, you know, the lexicon. He, he, he uh, many, many instances where um, Tang poetry Poetry, uh, you can see a hint of that uh, in his lines. Okay, William asks, uh, how popular is pastoral poetry in China? Mm -hmm. uh, how popular is farmers' poetry in China? Oh, very popular it's now, popular. of course. Now it's popular, um, especially when it's translated into a foreign language. It uh, raises the awareness of uh, local uh, literati, I would say. In China, the 
Chinese publication, actually, that's a good question that, uh, a lot, you know, now brings me to the question of, of publication, publishing as a writer. In China, uh, this country may be to some extent, but in China specifically, there is uh, what uh, we call the Writers Association, which is a government-sanctioned uh, organization. And if you are a member in that association, you first have to be accepted into it, and then there's a committee to judge you. Not everyone can just become a member. Once you become a member, you are recognized by the government who would promote your right. It's different from this country. I don't think the United States has a kind of a government uh, organization that promotes. You have all these grant uh, uh, grantors, um, but we don't seem to. So Dalian is the only and first poet, writer, who was inducted into the Writers Association without any formal training. He never had any formal training. Writing came from within. He just is a natural writer, uh, born with it. Sometimes we do. We're, we're born with certain. He is definitely, now he's recognized, and the translation we started as you said, you know, a long time ago, um, has also brought some awareness to the history. Uh, William asks, uh, how and when was Zhang Liang first recognized as a great poet? How long ago was this? Uh, I think Zhang Liang, very recent, Zhang Liang, um, Zhang Liang, you can hear me, is that you were 我听不见您说话，您是哪一年加入的这个呃作家协会啊？二二零还是二一？二零一八年。二零一八年，so two thousand eight when he was uh inducted into the Writers Association. That's when he, you know, started to be officially recognized uh in China. Um, okay. <coughs> That's about um, 15 years ago. I want to thank uh, Professor Liu and Mr. Zhang uh, again for a wonderful presentation. Uh, Professor Riley over there. <laughs> hey, Charlie, you are. I'm Charlie. I'm Zhang Fu. Very good. 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 Very uh, once again, the book is yeah. available just oh. $20 online. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I'll share your everybody's contact with Professor Lu afterwards if you want to actually reach out and get the, you know, Chinese volume later on. I want to thank uh, Professor Lu. Uh, thank you. 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 Thank Thank you. No, you said it very well. Very nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, with that, uh, enjoy your weekend, everyone. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, uh, the, the final day of September. Um, enjoy the yes. rest of the call. 
and remember to be upstander if you see a fellow person in need. Uh, so with that, good night. And then John, Thank you. John. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you so much.